Hi, my name is Rachel Perry. I am a 48 years old, grey-haired curve model. I'm going to be your host for Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career age 46 modelling, and over on social media I found so many amazing, inspiring women over 40 who are really embracing midlife and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down the stereotypical middle-aged barriers. So I thought it would be fun to share them with you. Welcome back to what will be the final episode of series one of Out of the Bubble. I can't believe how quickly time has gone, Um, but this week for my last episode, I am joined by the inimitable Rebecca Weave-Smith, who is not only the editor of Goldie magazine, but you can add positive fashion researcher, counsellor, coach, stylist, writer and speaker to the list. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you very much. So with all those different hats on, how do you describe yourself? It's really tricky. I mean, I, I do. I, I now just say I'm editor of Goldie magazine, mm. just because it makes other people's lives easier. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a mouthful otherwise to yes. to go through the whole career. And for people that don't know about Goldie magazine, how would you describe that to people? Very briefly, I describe Goldie magazine as a quarterly, glossy magazine for old people, and. You can almost hear a sharp intake of breath sometimes as I say it. Yes. Because it's that word old, isn't yeah. it? It, it? We have such a visceral response to the word. Yeah. It brings the images of Saga magazines <laughs> and, and old people's homes and, and yeah. your magazine is celebrating everything far but, but that. But let's also be really honest and realistic about this. Yeah. We are older than we were yesterday. Yes. <laughs> we are not as young as our children. No. <laughs> so, you know, in, in some ways, and you know, there are so many ways of looking at this whole ageing arena that's going on at the moment, that I really do want to reclaim this word. I actually want to say, I am old. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I am. Yeah, and it's okay. In fact, yeah. it's more than okay. It is more than okay. Yeah. I'm actually, you know, one of the things, one of the terms that I use a lot is aspirational ageing, because mm. I've actually always wanted to be a grown up. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I do have some days when I feel like a grown up, but not always. <laughs> not oh, quite. wanting to be one and feeling like one are quite separate things sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so, what gave you the idea in the first place? How did it start up? In all honesty. It, it was just one of those moments where, after having probably too many glasses of wine, it seemed like a good idea. Always the best idea, isn't it? Uh, and we were, we were sitting there and it was like moaning about the fact that there were no magazines really that we bought anymore. You know, I used to know Vogue and I used to like Red and, mm. and Elle and Marie Claire, all of those glosses that, you know, even when my girls were little, I would still make a point of buying. Yeah, yeah. And now, you know, now I buy, I buy the new statesman. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, there isn't a glossy that attracts me really anymore. So I kind of thought, well, I think you need to do something about this. Yeah, brilliant. And I'm glad you did. <laughs> I must mention to everybody actually that I was very fortunate enough to be on the front cover of the January edition. So if you haven't, that's a little plug here. If you haven't got it already, then <laughs> go out and buy it. There are a few left, but I mean, we... You know, we're, we're still very much, um, I was about to say under the counter, but that doesn't sound right. <laughs> we're not, honestly, back to the clothes on. <laughs> <Fawns. Yeah. laughs> 
um, we are we are um, under the radar mm. as well as looking for. So we are still quite niche, um, and really most people do buy us on online through yeah. the website. But you know we are in stores, um, yeah. which is quite nice. Oh, quite I think nice. it's amazing. Quite nice to walk into a into a shop where you don't expect to see yourself, and yeah. and there you are. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And I think it's really special. There's something special about buying actually a physical magazine to read. I, I, me personally, I really enjoy it. But but were you tempted to go down the digital route? Or was print always going print to be the way? Print was always a thing for us. Mm. You know, that, that's been our background, print magazines. My husband's worked in print magazines for uh, over 30 years. Mm. Um, I've been involved in various aspects of fashion journalism. And print is something that we both feel really passionately about. We are looking at different ways to incorporate digital versions of the magazine mm. because you know we're a very we're a very weighty magazine. Yeah. Um, you know we, we come in at about six hundred grams. Yeah. So I guess so postage. It's yeah. it's fine in the UK, but you know yeah. international postage, and we've got a lot of fans in the states. Yes. Yeah. Because you sell it in New York, don't you? We sell in New York. Yeah. Um, we we ship a lot to Los Angeles. We ship a lot to Florida, and for those. For those fans, I think actually they would they would really like a digital version. Yeah. yeah but that's just another thing to add to your list of things <laughs> to do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just to add to the stress. But what? How do you feel about setting it up now that you are a bit older? Do you feel like this being more of a challenge, or are you enjoying it more because it's like a, a new a new chapter? I've always been an entrepreneur. Mm. So since the age of 26, I think 26 was the last time I was actually employed. Right, yeah. <laughs> so we're talking... Almost, it's in your blood. Almost 30 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. So I, I have always had various businesses, or I've done freelancing. So I'm, I'm used to those challenges. I'm mm. used to the challenges of setting something up. I love startups. I love being involved in ideas mm. and working ways around... You know the difficulties that involve yeah. a startup, so that's that's all very exciting. And probably, I don't think my approach to it actually is that different to the first business I set up when I was twenty-seven. Mm. That's really good to yeah. know. <laughs> when you were really younger, what did you want to do? When you were at school, what was your? <clears throat> when I was very very young, I wanted to do ballet, ballet dancer. Right. And I took my dance very very seriously, and I really that was something I really dreamt. Mm. And. I had all sorts of different issues going on. Um, I, if you'd have asked other people what I was going to be when I was 14, I suspect they'd have probably said, um, deluded. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually actually had my, my first nerve breakdown when I was 14. Oh gosh. So right. I was in hospital for a while and I wasn't able to complete the normal kind of schooling right. at that age. That's hard. And I always, I talk about this because I think it's really often important. we think that that, having that label or something quite serious happening to us when we're teenagers mm. with our mental health, we, we have this idea that perhaps that's somehow going to be part of our identity. Yeah. And I, I really think it's important to talk about the fact that it can just be, I hate to use that term, a, a phrase, a yeah. phase, but it can just be a phase. Yeah. Um, then I decided when I was recovering, um, I'd started drawing a lot and I'd always loved art. And at that point, that was it, I was going to be a fashion designer. Mm. And that was that was always, from that point in, my, my first Saturday job at 14 was a Saturday girl in a fashion boutique. And Brilliant. I was kind of hooked. Really. So creativity is 
being there and you're a massive part of your life always, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And I've, I've had, along the years, I have had my own labels and most of the work I've done, to a certain extent, even as a therapist, has been very creative. Mm. When it's really hard with the magazine, because I'm sure there are times when you sit there at the end of the day and think, oh my God, I can't do this, it's too difficult. Mm. What keeps you going? What motivates you? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think I've actually thought about that. I'm going to start with it. Yes, there are certainly times when, in the last year, mm. when I have gone to bed at night and turned around and said to Weave, that's it, we're not doing Zooms. Yeah. We just can't do it. Yeah. Physically, emotionally, we're just not doing it. It's yeah. draining, it's taking too much out of us. And then, you know, after a good night's sleep, you wake up. And I can see Weave thinking, so what's she actually going to say? <laughs> 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 I'm like, ping into action at six o'clock in the morning and I'm on Instagram. Yeah. And actually, I think that's probably one of the things that keeps me going. Yeah, I love Instagram. I think that response, yeah. that instant response, mm. and that sense of solidarity yeah. and community yeah. on Instagram, when I'm having those lows, I think that keeps me going. Yeah, I completely understand mm. that. I think for, for our age group, for over 40s <laughs> and above, I think Instagram's proving to be a really big community, and they're so supportive. I think and it really it does give you a lift when you need it yeah. and a sounding board and helps you keep your direction it's, uh, it, it's for me it's been nothing but positive me too. i have had the most incredible experiences on instagram you know we've been meeting people there, exactly we? no exactly you know, yeah the fact that we chatted on instagram yes. yeah and then you know then yeah. you're on the cover and then we're talking yeah. here today which is what it's all about yeah. yeah it's those connections and you know as a positive psychologist I know that research tells us the only thing that matters in our well-being and, and happiness is those connections. Mm. Whether they're intimate relationships, whether they're friendships, or whether they're, one of my favourite terms, um, micro-connections, you know, that smile at the bus stop or someone that mm. we chat to walking along the street, they create this incredible chemical mix and they're just so good for us. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, if, if a social media platform can actually create those kind of moments, mm. then I think there's hope, actually. Yes. There's real hope for us. Yeah. It's part of your going slightly away from Goldie Magazine for the time being. The research, the psychology research that you did about positive, um, was it positive fashion? Positive fashion. Yes, yeah. How did that, I mean, that sounds really interesting. I would love to read that. So I've been working as a, as a therapist, as a counsellor, mm. and my view is very solution focused. Not all clients respond very well to that. So it can be quite frustrating. Yeah. And I knew about positive psychology and I'd read a lot of positive psychology books and read around it. And then I had a really difficult couple of months where my one of my sister's husbands died at the beginning of the month and another one of my sisters died two mm. weeks later Gosh. and I, I couldn't have worked at the time as a, as a therapist yeah. and I thought okay I'm going to take some time off and I did a, a positive psychology masters wow. no intention at all of and no thoughts of fashion mm. In my head. Can I just that, ask you a bit cheeky? How old were you when you started that one? This was three years ago. Right, brilliant. I, 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 fashion hadn't really been anything I'd been doing for a few years. I'd been doing occasional styling stuff, but mm. not that much at all. 
was, I was serious. I was a grown up. I was a therapist. I had a title. <laughs> the first day on this master's course, very, it's like a, an MBA type of model, so it's weekends. Yeah. So there were about eight of us, ten of us in the room. And the, and the tutor said, okay, so, you know, everyone stand up and introduce themselves and, and explain what their thesis is going to be about. What? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even, I haven't even got the first cup of coffee yet. And of course, everyone else knew what they were doing. Oh, gosh. They had these great plans mm. about their dissertations. It's like, hmm, okay, so we, as usual, ever me, I can wing it really well. <laughs> All authoritatively stood up and thought, okay, what am I going to say? Okay, there's only two things I know about, and one of them is fashion. <laughs> yeah. And what was really interesting was, you know, anecdotally, we all know that we can use clothes to lift our mood, mm. to enhance our relationships, yeah. that whole kind of positive identity stuff around ourselves. There's so little research about this. Mm. That's interesting. And no one had explicitly applied positive psychology I, this particular positive psychology model called PERMA, which is the main one, no mm. one had applied it in any shape or form to dress. Mm. So it's way too for you. Yeah, it was. That yeah. was the niche, and I am still the only person, as far as I know, that has published research and explicitly on. I mean, that. just to, to start doing that and just just complete a, a, an MA in something, and do you, you know, do your whole dissertation and do do, do become an academic. It is, it's brilliant in a later life as well. Yeah, it was. It was really fabulous. Because you were just doing it for you, weren't you? I met some incredible people. And I I mean, I really, towards the end of it, you know, it's, it's, a, very, it's a very intense year doing, mm. doing an MSc in a year. And I had no, although I'd done psychotherapeutic work mm. and I had a postgrads in that, I don't come from any kind of scientific background, hmm. so I, I had no data knowledge of how to do research, hmm. that kind of research. Steep learning curve. It was really steep. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, it was very intense and we, we formed lots of great relationships and I really did not want to let that learning at, atmosphere go. Hmm. And I applied for three PhDs. Wow. I got two of them. That couldn't get any funding. Oh. And again, you know, three years to do PhD is yeah. an incredibly expensive process. Yeah, it's so, a big commitment as well, yeah. isn't it? And one of them was in was in Glasgow. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not very commutable from London. Yeah. So it, it, I realised, you know, it just wasn't it wasn't going to work really. And also during that that time, I applied for so many jobs because I kind of thought, mm, you know, I've got this MSc now. I should do something more serious mm. rather than doing freelancing. Yeah. And I just kept getting knocked back and rejections after rejections. That's interesting, isn't it? Because is that there is a possibility there that it's your age that has hindered it. I had no concept that at yeah. all. I, and I think so many of us do, mm. when we're in that kind of situation, we think, well, it must be us. Yeah. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. I haven't got this. Mm. I haven't got that. But of course, the reality is, actually, you know, I was at that point 52, mm. 50, coming up to 53, um, and it's a really tough time for someone to, yeah. to take you on, regardless of the experience that mm. you've got. Yeah, So yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. So taking all that, you've obviously used all that experience and, and everything that you've, the knowledge that you've used to, to build the magazine up, mm. which is full of really 
interesting articles. And you don't shy away from the difficult subjects no. either. Um, but you do have such a positive, pro-aging um, feel to the magazine, which I love. Okay. Why aren't other magazines doing the same? Why are they not representing the over 40s, 50s, 60s in a more positive light, do you think? I think there's probably multiple strands to that to answer that. I think for, in the first instance, talking about our demographic is, is not really that mainstream. Mm. I don't think there are, even if, you know, if you think about the publications that are doing it, for instance, they're very few and far between. Yeah. So then to expect them, that kind of handful of platforms, to actually be looking at it in a positive, in a positive psychology way, mm. which is what I'm trying to do, yeah. apply a positive psychology way, you know, again, there's, people just don't, aren't putting those things together. Mm. It's very rare to find academic research underpinning any magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. In a yeah. way that isn't yeah. banging on the head. You know, we're yeah. not we're not the new scientists, we're not we're not even I think there's, there's a, a publication called Capify or you know there's all the happy newspapers, yes. there's these kind of things yeah. which are talking explicitly about positive psychology. Mm. We're not. No. I don't ever mention that in the magazine. Yeah. But it's underpinning. It underpins yeah. everything. And mm. when people come to me and they say and they pitch articles to me, I'm so clear that whatever we talk about, and like you say, we talk about some pretty serious mm. stuff, we talk about depression and we talk yeah. about death, and yeah. we ha I, want, I want those topics to be approached in a way that, that complies with my ethos and values mm. around foresight. Yeah. Um, so I want, I want you to be able to read an article like that but still be able to come out the end of it feeling that there's hope rather than feeling that yeah. What do you think can be changed in the media and the fashion industry for our age group? Because I know there's been debates recently about, and, and lots of people in the industry are saying, oh no, we do represent everybody mm -hmm. and there is diversity. Mm -hmm. um, and I just don't buy that. I think yeah. there's tokenism yeah. um, and there's tick boxes going on, but it's not really working yet. No. What, what can be done, do you think? What would you like to see? And uh, I think all we can do is is do what we are doing mm. and keep highlighting this and keep bringing this to people's attentions. Keep showing that we are still actively engaged, positive, um, it, when it comes to fashion, you know, that we, we're not prepared to be pigeonholed by brands. Mm. I think it's leading by example. Yeah. It's really the best we can do. Mm. And having these conversations wherever we go, yeah. um, you know, this ageism is a vast topic. Mm. It just so happens that for people like you and I, who are in that kind of fashion arena, mm. it's that's the particular platform that we can discuss. Yes. It on. Yeah. But you know, it impacts so many areas of yeah. people's lives. Yeah, it really does. Mm. How do you? Because you are active in, in fighting <laughs> ageism, and you've got the magazine. How do you? How does Rebecca find time for herself? How do you have your downtime? There hasn't been a hell of a lot of that in the last year. To be mm. honest, you know, honestly, because that's hard. It's. I used to be up at. <laughs> I used to be. I used to be someone for who things like going to the gym every day. I absolutely love. Because I've read somewhere that you. Actually, were a qualified summer teacher. I was yeah. a teacher. Another string to your bow. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in, in fact, it's going for a bit of a tangent, but when I first met my husband, we mm. 
he that's who he thought I was. Right. He thought I was a swim teacher. Right. And I feel so sorry for him because he thought he was marrying a swim teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and the first time we went up north to meet his friends, and we hadn't known each other that long, it was over the Christmas and the New Year period. And of course he was introducing me to all these people in Leeds. Mm. So I was meeting Becca, she's my girlfriend, she's a swim teacher. And of course all the women were like, oh wow, that's great, we love Zumba. <laughs> And I kept thinking, well, I am a swim teacher, but I'm lots of other things as well. That's much easier, isn't it? Yeah. Just keep it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, but I, I mean, I think physical activity and exercise, for me, is so important to my mental health. Yeah. So important. And I, I haven't accessed that in the last eight months as much mm. as I really know I should. Mm. Um, yeah, it's I, hard. Yeah. And, and I love yoga and I love Pilates. I even actually like going to the gym and just doing the whole kind of treadmill stuff that's relatively boring. I actually mm. really enjoy that stuff. You're quite motivated person, aren't you? You are really quite... <coughs> are you quite disciplined? Well, I think I must be disciplined, but I wouldn't necessarily... That wouldn't necessarily be an adjective that I'd apply to myself. But, for instance, this year I've decided to do a cloud Yes, I yet. saw that. Yes, yeah. And I haven't... I really genuinely haven't even noticed that I've done it. Mm. And so people keep saying to me, oh, God, that's so good, how are you doing that? Well, I don't think I'm a particularly disciplined person, mm. but once I've made a decision about something, I do it. Yeah. So, you know, I have decided as an experiment mm. for the next 12 months yeah. not to drink any alcohol. Mm. And that's what I'll do. Mm. And how are you feeling on it, on not drinking? I'd love to say that I've noticed loads of benefits. Mm. The, the reality is, actually, I don't feel any different at all. Mm. And someone said that's because I didn't drink enough in the first place. Well, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe if you just had the occasional drink and you well, just stopped. No, I mean, I, I was someone that, you know, could easily drink half a bottle of wine every night. Mm. Easily. Yeah. And if we wasn't at home, I could easily drink a bottle of wine. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I don't want to, I don't look like someone that perhaps only had a glass of wine once a week. Yeah. I was drinking... More or less every day. Right. You know, I'd have, I'd try to do the two days off and all of this yeah. stuff. But on busy weeks where we were out a lot, I would be drinking every day. Mm. Well, it'd be interesting after a year mm. of how you feel. Yeah. I, expected, I expected wonderful results, though. You know, I thought, <laughs> yeah. that's it, I'm not going to wake up at three o'clock in the morning anymore. Mm. I'm afraid yeah. I do. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't like that part. It's not fun. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know if that's hormones of menopause mm. or, or, quite, or just stress or. Yeah. Or what that is. Yeah, but, but it's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to other women that are perhaps thinking about setting up doing something in their 50s but have not taken that first step yet? I would say just do it. Mm. So there are, there are psychological personality traits that we all have. And if you have never sort of gone online and looked at these kind of things that you can find out about yours, mm. they're great fun to do. And there's a particularly interesting one that comes under the positive psychology umbrella. And as I'm saying this, I'm realising that I can't actually remember the website link to it. But I will let I'll you know. I'll put it on the notes yeah. at the end, yeah. And it's, it's, called a, it's called basically a strengths finder. And it's a lot of questions. You have to give yourself a good 20 minutes to sit down and go through them all. Mm. And it just tells you your top five strengths, uh, personally. Mm. And... That, I 
think once we know what our strengths are, there's a, there, you'll understand where I'm going with this in a minute. Yeah. Once, once we know where our strengths are, we can actually play to those. So for me, I know that in order to be successful, to feel personally successful, I need to be um, uh, using my strength of curiosity. Mm. It's a big part, a big part for me. Yeah. Um, I'm also very high on impulse. Yeah. So when I get these ideas, my first reaction is, let's just try and see. Mm. Not everybody is actually capable of that. Mm. Now that's not risk. It doesn't feel risky to me, but I understand for other people yeah. that would feel like taking a big leap. Yeah. So I would say, you know, if, if you've got this this itch and you've got a vision, break it down into a couple of different things. Obviously, you know, that's kind of simple, where do I start? But also, where do I want to end up? Mm. Because I think if I can't see mm. why I'm doing something, and, you know, for me with the magazine, I've got this slightly empire building. <laughs> you know, I'm, I want the magazine to be global. I was going to ask you how ambitious I am. Yeah, no, I'm very it. ambitious for Yeah, it. good. And, and the magazine is just one part of this whole kind of Goldie Media umbrella yeah. that we've got going on. Yeah. That does involve events and podcasts mm. and video content. Yeah. Just trying to encourage people to actually feel good about where they are in their lives right now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's brilliant. It's exciting. <laughs> Do you think there's a fear of failure for people in midlife to to try new things? Do you think that holds people back? Because it clearly you don't seem to have this fear of. Do you fear things failing? I have more a fear of success than I have a fear of failure. That's interesting. I have failed so spectacularly in my life before. The first time I failed, it was probably really scary. Mm. Like anything, once you've done it once. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally have been in a position in my life where I have lost everything. Okay. And I had two small children at the time. Mm. And I, I lost my house, my business, my confidence, my credibility. Mm. Mm. And I ended up living with two young children at my sister's and starting again. So how do you get back? Yeah, well, I suppose yeah. once you've done that, mm. that, that feel of fear of failure, you know, I survived that. Yeah. My children are relatively balanced. <laughs> <laughs> Not too normal. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess in a way that was a really good thing that happened to me yeah. when I was quite young because I, I realised that, really. How did you get back from that place? Just hard work. Just <coughs> hard determination. Work, hard work, intention. Mm. Um, taking one step at a time, but mm. also having that vision. Yeah. Thinking, okay, so this is where I am now. This doesn't feel great, but I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to get the girls to school. And I'm going to find some way of earning money and I'm going to get my confidence back. Mm. Um, it doesn't happen overnight, but no. it's, it's possible. Um, the, the, the one thing I still carry with me from that type of failure is I think for a lot of us when we fail pretty spectacularly and fall quite away yeah there's a real sense of shame yeah and when I say now I'm scared of success I think that's a bit linked that's rather linked to that right because it's almost as if in the back of my mind perhaps that, that fear, there is a fear that, yes, it could happen again, but yeah. I know I would survive. Yeah. Um, but 
embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Especially once you've done it once before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walking down the street, same hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you're not stopping yourself, so that's that's no, the main thing. No, no, it's not just holding yeah. you back. And and you know what is the worst that can happen? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing really. You know, if tomorrow it looks as if everything that I'm working for at the moment isn't going to work out, mm. then I'll just find something else. Mm. Do you think turning fifty <clears throat> has an impact as well on that? Because I'm I'm coming up to forty nine, so mm. fifty next year, and I am already starting to think, okay. This is it. This is not a rehearsal. Mm. I am now in the next part of my life. It, how long you've got here, you don't know. I want to make everything that I do count, and mm. I want to experience life because we're not getting younger. Do you think there is some element of that in you when you turn fifty? I think there. I, I think there must be. To be honest, you know, and I don't know whether you know when when like you, I talk to lots of men and women mm. of our age group. Yeah. And we all seemingly get on that same path. Yeah. So there has to be something, mm. something there. There has to be something about. And you know, when we again go back to research, because mm. a little bit of a geek like that, there the happiness curve, the trough of it is in our mid forties. Right. And whatever culture you look at, this curve is exactly the same. Right. That's interesting. This is not anything to do with a particular society and in fact how they do this research I don't know but apparently you can also see this same curve reaction in some other primates right I, I, I mm. wouldn't know I mean how, really how, how you know whether a monkey is happy or not I don't really know yeah. <laughs> fulfilled in their life yeah I'm sure there's ways and means I'm sure there are, I'm yeah. sure there are. so does it start going back up in your 50s so you start Excellent. going back up in your 50s right until and, until the rest of your life right you know it does good to genuinely know. get better and better mm. and our our reasons for that sense of fulfillment um that sense of i mean sometimes i just wonder is it just because we're so happy to just wake up every day yeah that appreciation and that gratitude we've actually got yeah purely for still being alive mm. does that make a big difference yeah yeah it's really interesting yeah. but so there is science to say that mm. we have every reason to suddenly start getting Really awfully happy again, nothing. Oh, good, right, bring it on. <laughs> so let's talk fashion as well. Okay. Because you, obviously, you run a magazine that has lots of really yeah. inspiring fashion in it, but you as a person have your own identity and you wear some amazing clothes, and I love your fashion. Thank you. Um, have you always yes. dressed your own way and been creative? And Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, again, I, you know, I, I'm incredibly lucky. I had a great role model in my mother who was stunningly mm. beautiful and just loved clothes. Yeah. I have I had three older sisters and an older brother who always looked amazing mm. and they were just these fabulous peacocks in the seventies. They were quite a lot older than me. Mm. So I always ha- I always had that going on yeah. in my life. And I've always been someone for whom I've just done my own thing. Yeah. Um, whether that's with clothes or my lifestyle or my views, mm. I've always I've never really never really cared that much about what other people No, that's good, <laughs> that's a good place to be in. Yeah, it really is. Um and, and you know, with fashion I don't think I ha- I don't think I have a look. I know some mm. people, you know, they have this kind of uniform, if you mm. like, and are very recognisable. And we see that more and more and more on social media and on yeah. Instagram, you know, you see 
that's I've never been someone that's stressed like that. Mm. I, one minute I will have a completely. Sometimes I might just think, oh, I just I just want to wear black all the time. Yeah. I just want to wear black dresses and be really chic and sleek my hair back and have pearls. Mm. And then I'll, the next day I wake up and I'll want to go on Gucci and chuck on loads of pattern mm. and just be completely bonkers. Because I know you and I both love vintage fashion. Yeah. Where do you? Shop. How how do you find the high street, for instance? Do you think that caters for women our age? Um, I don't think the British High Street does that badly, actually. Mm. And I don't, I don't think their offerings are. I think there's some great offerings on the British High Street. Mm. I think actually, it's the it's fashion journalism, fashion media yeah. that don't portray yeah, those really clothes. Or women who we can relate to. Yeah, that's exactly. It. I, I think that's really where the disconnect that. is. Yeah. Now yeah. I I tend not to shop on the high street mm. because I really like sustainability and fashion, yeah. and a lot, you know, most of my clothes are second hand. Yeah. That's not to say I don't walk past Zara sometimes, especially if I'm in a little bit of a bad mood, mm. and just go in and buy something. I do. Mm. I do that just like all the streets. Yeah. But most of my purchases are. From charity shops mm. or, or from second-hand vintage. I'm going to be getting the list of good places to go in London yeah, well, from you. There, there's some <laughs> really good new ones. Yes. And, and I discovered through Instagram that Oxfam have a clearance shop. Oh, really? In West London, yeah. in Merton. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the powers of Instagram. Mm. Oxfam Merton started following Gold Magazine. Mm on Instagram, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so going back to the vintage fashion then, what would you, because I think people are scared of going into yeah. charity shops and vintage clothing shops. I think you're um, I know out of my friends, mm -hmm. I'm probably the only person that can't walk past one without going in. Um, they don't, they never, they always think I look nice, yeah. but they would never do that themselves. And well, I can't get my head around that. that I think people are, are scared to go in. I think it scares them because they don't know what they're looking for and they don't know they don't know enough about I mean I, what advice would you give to people? Well, so one of the th I, I, I run I have another sort of um, arm of what I do called Wearing Wellbeing. Yes. And it was mainly as an extension of the research, the positive psych fashion research that I did. And I always say to people when I'm doing those talk kind of talks or when I'm going in and showing them sort of styling about wearing well, start with your own wardrobe and really do just play with what you've already got. Yeah. So you're not making you're not making any mistakes financially. Mm. And go much more on feeling and on instinct than how you look. I mean I again genuinely if I go if I'm doing a personal styling session with someone, mm. I will I won't let them look in the mirror. Yeah. I will ask them how they feel. Yeah. You know, ha does this make you feel genuinely good? Mm. Or, after going downstairs and putting the kettle on, are you thinking to yourself, mm, it's a bit irritable, Pay attention to that to, uh, uh, I use the term mindful dressing. So yeah. pay, out, pay attention to how we feel. Start with your own wardrobe. Mm. And if there's something that you put on today that makes you feel amazing, don't actually expect to feel the same tomorrow in that dress. <laughs> yeah. Because there's lots of other things going on in in your emotional life yeah. that can change that. Hmm. Um, on the other hand, if it is something that every time you put it on makes you feel great, you know, you work out what it is. Yeah. 
And if you want to replicate that, then, you know, take those feelings when you go shopping, mm. go into the changing room, try loads of things on a play and think, does this make me feel as good as that outfit that I had on the other day that made me feel amazing? Yeah. Don't look in the mirror and think, do I look good in this? Am I going to walk out in the street and is someone going to turn their head? Does my bum look good in, you know, yeah. big in this? Don't, don't use your eyes, use your emotions. Yeah, that's uh, really... <laughs> it's just a different yeah, way of it dressing. Is, it and is, it is, yeah. Obviously. I might try that. <laughs> so do you do personal styling as well? Is that another I string do. to your bow? Yeah, I do. Um, oh, that would be fun. Do, oh, I've got I, an I idea do, now. You can... <laughs> I don't do that much anymore. Right. And I tend to do it much more in a kind of workshop group situation. Mm. So um, I might, you know, I'll, I'll do like a very well-being yeah. group setting. And I, I'll say to people, let's, let's say we have six women, and I'll say, I want everyone to bring three different outfits with them. Mm. And then, you know, we'll do that whole kind of trying on yeah. other people's responses. And that sounds so grateful. If you remember when, when you were little, you know, we always had the dressing up box, didn't we? Yeah. Or yeah. the Wendy house with the dressing up corner. Yes. We lose that sense of fun mm. as we get older. Yeah. When are we doing that playing with our own clothes? Or whether we've got a group of girlfriends mm. and we've actually still got that yeah. intention. There's no money exchanging hands, you're mm. not telling anyone to buy anything. Yeah. Let's just play. Yeah. No, that sounds like <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> I feel for that. <laughs> well, obviously I could talk to you for hours, there's never enough time. You're such an interesting, inspiring person. Oh, it's somebody you. that I've obviously followed on Instagram and, and I'm delighted that we've now finally managed to, A, collaborate on yeah. the magazine because um, it's no, really special to be, to be part of it. And, and thank really you so honest. much because, you know, it was such a beautiful cover, it's such a beautiful shoot. And, you know, the work you do around positivity and body shape and... And Thank all of this, you know, it is so so important. I just like the collaboration <laughs> with people like you. It's just brilliant, and it, there's a lot going on out there, there for is. our age group. That's really raising our profiles and and showing society that you know there's so much to us all that we've yeah. got to offer. And and one thing I do want to add to this is it's a really this is this isn't about gender. You know, I, I think it's really yes. important that we keep men in this conversation. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And this is also intergenerational mm. because if we are lucky. We would all get to be older. Yeah. And if if our generation can show young people today, our children, our yeah. grandchildren, that it's actually a really nice place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And they won't be scared of it. And they, they won't, won't go to the beauty salons and get Botox at eighteen and twenty because Absolutely. they won't need to. And they won't feel at thirty. Yeah. That they won't be buying the yeah. Drives me mad that I've got two teenage daughters. And the twenty-year-olds already saying, you know, I'm going to have a wrinkle here, and like, you know, just yeah. you've got nothing to worry about there. Forget about and it. And you've got all the time in the world to be successful. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you reach forty and mm. you haven't achieved any of the things on your bucket lists. Yeah. It doesn't actually matter. No, my bucket list didn't start till I was forty. I've <laughs> just, yeah, just yeah. starting again, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much. Been <laughs> very, very inspiring. Uh, last three questions. Favorite song or a piece of music that motivates you? Oh, now this would change on a daily yeah. basis. Um, <laughs> what are you into at the moment? What am I into at the moment? Oh, Grace Jones at the moment, mm. actually. Pull up to a bumper because it was used to that fabulous yes. show. She was amazing. At the end of, she's such an inspiring Yeah, woman. she really is. And, you know, dancing in the morning yeah. around the kitchen. She looks fantastic. Yeah. 
So that, that's my musical inspiration right. at the moment. Yeah. And what about a book that's inspired you? Hmm. I haven't had time to read novels a lot lately. Mm. My bedside reading in the last while has been Ashton Applepipe. Oh, right. Um, which is a, a book on, on ageing mm. and, and anti-ageism. Right. Um, if I had to have an all-time favourite novel, um, Simone de Beauvoir, Le Queen, mm. my favourite. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and who inspires you? Uh, again, this is a question that, that would, would change so often. Mm. But right now, my main inspiration is my mother. Mm. She has, uh, and this has been really new for me to feel like this about her. Mm. She has always been an incredible woman. Amazing career woman. Beautiful. Five mm. children. She's now got a really late stage dementia. She right. no longer knows who we are, or she doesn't know who she is, or mm. any of that sort of stuff. It's taken me that long to appreciate her, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but you have now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you very much. So, um, order your copy still of Goldie Magazine at goldiemag.co.uk. You can also follow Rebecca on Instagram at goldie underscore magazine. Twitter at Goldie Media UK and Facebook at Goldie Media and I'll leave all the details in the show notes. So that was the last podcast of the first series but if you haven't had time to keep up you can still subscribe and catch up on over iTunes um, via the Anchor app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, it's on all podcast platforms and I will be back with series two after a short break. I hope you've all enjoyed listening to these amazing women as much as I've had talking to them. Um, I found them a real inspiration, so I hope you've all gained something from that. Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble. And I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? Please get in touch. You can contact me via my website, rachelperumodel.com or leave a message on the Anchor app. And if you're listening via iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>